0: What's up, kids? How are you doing today? It's 2021. We're still in 2021. We haven't gone back in time. We haven't jumped forward to 2022. But I've been thinking about the past, and I've been thinking about about a few things. I mean, I, I say I was thinking about the past. I wasn't actually thinking about the past. What I was doing was scrolling through Instagram, looking for people to follow. Sorry, just checking the mic is on. Yeah. Scrolling through Instagram, looking for people to follow, and you know checking out new artists and checking out new artwork and I realised that, I mean, there's a theme which still resides within my work and it's been discussed a few times before on the podcast that I, you know, I have quite a dark style I have a dark, dark tone to a lot of the work I do. Some people see the work I create as quite negative uh, bit uh, and, uh, a bit pessimistic and overall a bit a bit, horror-esque. This was a comment I got recently on my stream. Someone asked me if I if I create things intentionally within the horror world. There's a couple of paintings which are behind me, which you can't see, not paintings, digital drawings. Uh, And and they're a little horror-y, I guess. They've got a little bit of horrific imagery in them. The T-shirt, which I put up over December. It's like a severed hand with, like, fingers and and threads going inside the skin and yeah, I get it, right? I get I that get there's like a dark style to it uh, which kind of resides through my work. Still, I think I've mentioned this one before is a friend of mine during uh, when I was at college I was looking through my sketchbook and someone asked him what he was looking at and he's like, oh, I'm looking at Graham's work and they went, oh well that looks a little weird and he's like, Graham just makes work that makes you want to kill yourself and I was like, yeah, yeah basically I do You yeah. know, but nowadays I don't nowadays I feel like what I create isn't necessarily down those lines of horror and I, and I I don't I kind of don't like that analogy of my work I don't like that that thought of the work which I'm making being particularly dark, because I don't see it as dark, I see it as fairly uplifting but you know To tell you a story of my life, this has been a trope of my life for a very long time. All the way back to, well, to year seven type thing. So, let's take you back. Let's take a journey through Graham's childhood. Strap yourselves in. We're going back to year seven. So, in year seven, we were set a project. This is first year of senior school. Uh, I don't know what that is for Americans and other cultures but in the uk it's the first year of senior school so in year seven we were introduced to our arts teachers and uh given tasks and bits and bobs and, and i was like yeah cool great chance to shine show off what i can do uh primary school i've been pretty good at drawing people knew that so i was like right okay we will go into it again we'll, we'll go year seven be pretty good at drawing that's the that's the way to do it and then they said this has a task and i can't remember exactly the, the name of the task or why we were doing it but essentially, the, the the topic, or whatever it was, was to design an invitation. You know, design something which was like a birthday invite, wedding anniversary, you know, something like that. Um, I I chose a funeral. And I didn't choose to create an invite for said funeral. Instead, I expanded that out and i created a book all about death and i handed that in and i think it kind of solidified for the class that yeah i was a little well a little detached from whatever they thought this classroom was going to be about <laughs> It's what I do, and, you know. I've done. That's that's a theme which has kind of continued through my work. I take whatever topic you give me, uh, subject, and I bend it. You know, I'll, I'll make what I want to make. I don't remember what actually inspired me to make the book. I think it, in the way of doing it, I thought, oh, you know, everyone's going to do birthdays, everyone's going to do weddings and Valentine's and stuff like that. And wanting to stand out, wanting to be different, and make it a bit of a name for myself, I decided, hey, funerals. You know, those are things which they're the weird celebrations in a way because you know you don't really receive an invite for a funeral you know it's never really anything ornate and my view on death at the time I'd had a, a relative who died um, w- was quite vague and it it just made me want to explore it and explore what that could be and it was I, I didn't think of it as a depressing thing I thought it was a celebration of death but it led to a phrase which has followed me consistently. Uh, or at least did until I became an adult within the world but then again I get comments like the horror one which is why why are you so obsessed with death you know for a while I was the kid who made the funeral book the death book um, and yeah you know I'm a grebo <laughs> there's no way around that <laughs> I'm a grebo, a, crab, a goth uh, in, in later years the, the term became emo whatever you want to label it I'm an alternative guy There's not much I can really do to adjust that. That's just musical tastes and visuals. Uh, I wear a lot of black. And it, it became this moniker of, you know, being a little obsessed with the death and obsessed with dark things. And I would, this is the thing. I wouldn't say I'm obsessed. To me, right, obsession is where you have something in your life and it dominates every aspect of your life. I'm a fairly positive person in general, you know. You talk to me, and I don't. I'm not a person who is going to dismantle you. I'm I'm there to to build and uplift, and I do that through having been through my life, and I, I think, um, and it, it's just one of those things. And I I don't see it as obsession with death. It's more like it's it's fascination, it's curiosity, and I in a way I don't. I I what confuses me is I don't understand how people aren't slightly interested in it. You know, I've, I've had friends who we've talked about passings and, and funerals and, and death. And I realize it's very close to the surface for a lot of people. But in that same sense, you know, it makes them sad and they can't talk about it. They can't talk about it in any way, shape or form. Whereas me, I'm you know, I've lost family members and I see that as a very sad thing. But at the same time, there's this. I don't get how someone can look at something. Like death, like not being here, and not be somewhat fascinated by it. You know, because you can't experience it. You know, you don't remember what was there before you. You don't remember life before being. You're not going to remember life after being. Therefore, it's a puzzle which has so much so much context to it and then people keep throwing symbolism at it and themology and all these different things and I don't get how anyone can enter this life think there's an end to this life and just go actually no yeah I don't want to talk about them that to me sounds impossible to me that sounds like absolute denial of one of the major parts of life you need to you have to be comfortable with that personally for me you know yeah, again I get people have different lives but it just became one of these things. I'm not. It's not obsession with death. It's just fascination. It's just curiosity, as they thing, Especially, like so. During school, to say you back. So year seven, obviously, I made this book. Um, and it was it was filled with death. Right? so I, I went through local papers and I cut out stories where things had died. You know, there was a story about two kids who mutilated a dog. That went in there. There was uh, obituaries. That went in there. There's a chance if you, were, you had a family member die during um, the years I was in year seven, whatever year that was. Uh, yeah, your obituary ended up in my art project. There's There's a fair amount of that overlapping there. I found, you know, funeral directors and pictures of coffins, and I threw them all in there. And I wasn't... It wasn't me trying to adhere a theme because at this time I wasn't really music based either. I hadn't gotten into a lot of that stuff. This was just me going, "Oh my god, look at this huge untapped subject which nobody wants to talk about. I got to pick this up. I got to do something with it. I got to I got to get a hold of it." And everything just went into this book about death. And and yeah. And during school obviously it became you know I think this is a reason a lot of people get into um <laughs> get into things which are considered taboo or considered scary or occult or anything like this certainly for me anyway when when I was in school you 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 know there's an attitude with it it's an attitude you kind of have to embody um and you start from my personal view you start getting into these things because You want a way to make the people who make you feel uncomfortable, feel uncomfortable. And in year seven, I found that. I found that straight away. You know, you write a book on death when you're... How old would I have been? You know, I can't remember how old you like 11, 12. You write a book on death and your entire class sits there and looks at you and goes, you're fucking weird. I found it, you know, I found I found that foothold which made me go, hey, alright, for a long time I've not been able to get a reaction out of any of you, I just found a way to get a reaction out of you, I just found the key to what makes you insecure, and I'm very comfortable with it, therefore, I'm probably going to exploit that to stop you affecting me, and I did, you know, That that's, that, there's no, I don't feel like there's any shame or any, um, like fear in me saying that is that that's what I did. I used it as a defense. I used it as a way to stop people talking to me who I didn't want to talk to me, and when they got too close, I'd make something bigger and I'd make something weirder as to use their terminology and again, I don't feel like this is weird That's a word which gets thrown around a lot as well you, you know oh yeah you're weird because you're in like it's not it's really not that weird. You know people have been looking at this subject and this topic and all these kinds of things literally since the day that we could you know death life the beings and everything in between has been a conversation for humanity for our lifetimes and it's not that we're taking pleasure in it it's just we're unafraid to ask that question this is something i I think i brought up with um with simon widdop when we were discussing his book um we were, we were on about horror and the kind of people it attracts and the kind of people who are fascinated by it and being scared. And I, I have no interest in being scared. And I think that's why I get into curiosity and why I'm a curious person. I'm not interested in being scared. And I'm less scared of things the more I know about them. You know, if I go to a place and I'm anxious, the more I know of the situation, the easier it is to deal with that situation. So when it comes to something which is untenable... You know, love, death, life, all these kinds of things, the more I know about it, the more I can logic, the less it affects me, therefore we're no longer scared of it, it's just, it's just a thing, I think right now, I mean right now, so I'm, to to cut a long story short, someone drove into my car uh, (laughs) back in August in 2020, And since then, I've been dealing with insurance companies and law and lawyers and all these kinds of things. That, to me, is scary. So I've done the most I can to learn about it so it doesn't scare me anymore. You know, that's that's an anxiety-ridden situation to deal with. And in a way, death and dying are just the same as that. They're just things to be discussed and things things to, to look upon. And as well, I think there's a lot of negative connotation with it, you know, because of it especially, I think as kids, you, you, there is a fear of it. I had an interesting conversation with my dad recently. Um, he'd been struggling with lockdown and he'd basically confided in me, you know, he's fed up, he's fed up of lockdown. He wanted to be off doing things. And I said, yeah, but there's always next year. And he's like, well, there is, but at his age, you know, he's a 60, He's Like you start to think of, I've only got so many years that I can actually go out and do these things. And that's scary. And you know, that's, I feel like that's completely reasonable. And, um, for me, that was quite an interesting conversation because you, you obviously, as your parents, you see them fairly as undefeatable. Um, but that, you know, that's life. You that's end of life. You that's that's bringing in the end. Whereas as a kid, for as a kid, you feel fairly invincible. You know, you think life lasts forever. You know, you're nine, ten years old. And you look at your parents and go, "What are you like? You must be like two hundred years old. You know, you've lived forever." You've done all these things, you know, oh life is so long, we'll be fine, and then you're, you know, twenty years down the line, uh nearly turning thirty, and you start thinking, oh shit. Oh dear, life has an end. And then some people panic at that age, but as kids it's a scary subject. That whole idea is uncomprehendable. Um And probably why I got into it, you know, at a time when you're insecure about everything, you're you're insecure about the world around you, the people around you, you keep getting threatened, or I did in my case. Um the whole idea of death seems quite comforting. It's it's a it's an ideal which scares everybody else, but you can look into and say, Hey, I'm completely comfortable with this. Also, yeah, uh things just stopping when my life sucks. That's that's a fairly easy aspect to go into. You know, I my mum um still worries about me. Um, being so closely connected with the subject and the themes and the topics. Uh, she she vividly told me well, one no, day she kept having nightmares that she'd come downstairs in her house and find me hanging in the bathroom. And I, you know, you hear that and I'm like, okay, that seems like an overreaction. And then I look back at my work and I go, yes, from the outside, actually, I get it. You know, from the outside, I, I completely understand it. And it's the same when people get into music. Um... And they see a lot of the symbolism and the ideology. I got thinking about this the other day. Uh, I was listening to Good Charlotte's... I think it's the Chronicles of Life and Death album. And I was listening to that... And there's a song in that called Hold On. I think it's called Hold On. And it's all about preventing suicide. You know, it's all about keeping living. That If you feel like you're at your edge... The the lyrics are hold on if you feel like letting go. That is a song on an album... Which is the Chronicles of Life and Death. If you don't know anything about Good Charlotte... They're, they're 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 pop punk, but the symbolism and imagery they use is very gothic. It's very it's very death. It's very um, you know romantic goth. So you kind of look at it, and as a as an outsider who's never really been involved in that kind of subject matter, you would look at it and you go, "Oh no, this is just full of depressing music, and it's all about killing yourself." And I completely understand that. I completely understand where you'd come from, but you've got to give the time of day to it to understand what it's on about. You know, the same with marilyn manson he's probably the biggest poster boy of my generation for things like this you know associated with all kinds of things people keep trying to label things to him um, but when you actually listen to the contents of the songs none of it's about taking your own life most of it's about taking control of your life taking control of the things around you and helping you understand that the people around you are reacting in the way they are as i just kind of said because they don't understand it um and obviously that's combined with a lot of aggression and um and progression within within songs i mean even now like i had one of my t-shirts on my website is the um drink coffee get fucked Die young t-shirt it makes me think a lot of that's i'm quite proud of that t-shirt cuz it, it embodies a lot of layers of concept even though it is fairly overtly dark um, you know the, the image is a skull made of coffee and you can kind of look at it and go okay and then the, the great thing about that t-shirt is that when you sit depending on the back size of your chair depends what message you get <laughs> and that's yeah work evolves people evolve um, I guess I don't even know why I started recording this I got thinking about it I was looking at an artist who makes things uh, she makes uh, taxidermy uh, animals uh, into religious icons, and I thought that was really interesting. And I started looking at it, thinking this is the kind of stuff where you know all the people I'd gone to class with would sit and say, "What? Well, why are you so fucking weird? And why are you doing this?" And I'm like, "Well, maybe it's not me being weird. Maybe it's just your discomfort with the subject matter. Also, it's not obsession. It's not me wanting to die or anything like that. It's just..." Me trying to understand that one aspect of life which everyone seems to seem to be ignoring at the time. Um and formatting it into a better use. You know, artists and bands evolve over time. I always find that interesting of listening to music and listening to a lot of the bands I listened to when I was younger, seeing how they evolved as musicians and artists, it shows that transition from people who before they got famous were, you know, angsty and angry and just full of passion to more conceptual subject matters bon jovi recently released a new album um mom's a huge bon jovi fan and she didn't like his new album because it was very political and i said to her well that's interesting because you like all his other work and he's said, like, yeah because the other work is about his life it's about day to day it's about you know love happiness enjoying yourself or his old country and all this kind of stuff and very very surface level stuff stuff but stuff everyone can relate to whereas when he went more political with it it's a lot of american politics which my mum can't relate to she listened to it and said well this isn't for me this isn't something which i can relate to um and i just like yeah i'm fascinated by things which i I can't relate to i can't can't understand so i i research them more i look into them more and, and and try to understand them again i don't know why i recorded this podcast um why I want to discuss it. I don't even know who I'm making this for. I feel, I feel like a lot of people who are interested in the work I make and may even listen to the podcast, um, you're all very similar to me, which is nice, by the way. It's really nice, from my point of view, to know uh, there's a connection to my work with other people because it, it means something. Um it doesn't take anything away from me I just think of it as, I actually, no, that's crazy. You know, that's crazy. You, you're having these experiences, considering we've had completely different lives. Um, and maybe just for parents as well, and people who are worried about people who might be interested in these topics, it's not always as dark as it seems. It's just curiosity. And it's using what is given to you and using that to your advantage in some cases, especially young people. But I don't know. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you're into the darker things of life. Maybe you've looked into the void and... The void said hi and you didn't run away. <laughs> it's the best way I can put it. Because I certainly did. Yeah. But it's been great to talk to you guys. Hope you're looking after yourselves. That's a big topic right now. It's uh, It's surrounding society and I think getting more comfortable with it and having... And talking to the people who are comfortable with it is, is going to be helpful to you. But let me know what you think. Maybe I'm just still the 12-year-old boy who's obsessed with death. Who knows? I'll talk to you guys later.